Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is September 14th, 2022, and our first story. It is the worst nightmare for Democrats and Joe Biden, at least outside of being held accountable. The worst nightmare is that the rail strike is looming. The workers have rejected the deal, and this will devastate the economy right before the midterms. Mitigation plans are in place, but it's not looking good. Hopefully, we don't see a strike. In our next story, my pillow founder Mike Lindell confirms he was served a warrant, and the New York Times backs up the story. It's official. It happened. Things are getting dark in this country. And in our last story, a teacher fired after defending pedophiles, calling them minor attracted persons. But they're arguing now that it was taken out of context and she was purposefully arguing the other side. Or was she? If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Joe Biden and the Democrats' worst nightmare may be coming, at least their worst nightmare as it pertains to the midterm elections. I'd suppose that Joe Biden's worst nightmare would be like, I don't know, accountability for the weird things he and his son have done. But when it comes to this upcoming November election, Joe Biden fears a railway worker strike. Bloomberg reports rail strike threat squeezes Biden between unions and economic peril. You see, here's the big challenge. The union has rejected the deal. The Democrats were unable to bring forth something to negotiate something that would appease the workers. And the strike deadline is fast approaching. If the railroad union strikes, we are looking at an economic loss of about two billion dollars per day. At least that's what's being reported at a time When the market's already tanking due to inflation fears and Joe Biden was celebrating on the White House lawn, the Inflation Reduction Act as everything burns down around him. If these union workers strike, your goods will not be delivered. Prices will increase and you will see a major shortage. But here's the big problem for Biden. He's got the economic damage to worry about, and that's going to hit everyone But if he doesn't get these unions what they want, he's got the union to deal with on top of angry. He's really got to get this deal done, but he can't. All he can do is offer up negotiations and it didn't work. So perhaps then the end is nigh come November with an economy in very serious jeopardy. 
people are going to vote Republican. Now, I want to tell you, I don't think this is something Republicans can solve either. It's an issue of people look to whoever's in charge and get angry. And that, to be fair, it ain't all Joe Biden's fault. Joe Biden isn't the private railway companies or anything like that. But let's be real. The policies enacted by the Democrats and Joe Biden have hurt the economy, resulting in these workers needing an increase in pay more than the companies can provide. Everybody is suffering. As Cardi B, famed musician, said, how are y'all surviving? She's right. But you know what, my friends? It is not just the railroad union strike, which is huge news, by the way. Come Friday, we may see economic dire straits. It's also crime. Because the second biggest factor for voters is it's first is economy, second is crime. And Tucker Carlson the other day was pointing out how even in some of the nicest neighborhoods in this country, you are seeing crime. And of course, media matters have come out attacking him. That's right. The left is going after Carlson, saying that he's crazy because the Democrats have nothing. They have smears and they have lies. But this plan on releasing criminals and letting violent criminals roam the streets It's not working. They go after Tucker Carlson because they're like, he's blaming George Soros. George Soros literally wrote an op ed saying we need to reform what's going on with these prosecutors. And it's kind of sad because I agree, but just not with this man. I think we do have criminal justice problems, but the way it's being handled is just failing. And it's failing terribly. Now, Illinois is set to enact some kind of what is it called? The Safe T Act. (laughs) Haha, very funny. Eliminating cash bail for some offenses. We're going to see crime skyrocket. This is Democrats, let's just say, tripping up themselves. I'll keep the rhetoric a little toned down. They're hurting themselves with these policies. So the only thing they can do is try and scream MAGA Republicans over and over again and send the DOJ to go arrest Trump supporters because their policies don't work. They are caught between a rock and a hard place. And it's this simple. You've pandered to your base to the point where you have no choice but to offer them up the same thing. You, oh, oh, we, oh, we're going to, you know, cops are racist. Defund the police. OK, we'll we'll get rid of cash bail. They have to. They've whipped up their base into that frenzy. Now that's resulting in high crime. Oh, no. Now regular people are like, dude, I can't live this way. So what do they do? Uh, Trump's evil. Trump is bad. You can't let Trump win. It's not going to work. I mean, it'll work to a certain extent. I don't know what's going to happen in November or in 2024 or in 2023 for that matter. But I can tell you there's going to be a lot of regular people who are like, don't know, don't care, economy bad, vote for the other guy. And so even though I don't blame Joe Biden for the railroad union strike, regular voters, they're not paying attention. They're going to say the economy sucks and it hurts. I'm voting for the other guy. And the Democrats won't be able to get a hold of this. I mean, Joe Biden is dumping the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try and keep prices down. Let's see how long that lasts. Extracting from the system to save yourself. Sickening. But first, let's see what's going on with the railroad union, why they're going to strike and what this means for you. My friends, it could mean some serious shortages and economic damage. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. If you would like to support our work as a member, you get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, Uncensored. Last night, we had Luke Rydkowski talking about his thoughts on um, September 2001. And if you're familiar with We Are Change, you know where that went. But basically, we talk about the ideas of, 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 you know, conspiracies. And I'm not a big fan or proponent of these things. 
But um, it's an interesting uncensored uh, conversation that I think you should check out over at TimCast.com. Again, so don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's start real quick with this headline. I do want to come back to the story. Rail strike threat squeezes Biden between unions and economic peril. I want to highlight that going into why this story matters, because that context is extremely important. The railroad union strike is like an earthquake of massive proportions for the Democrats, because as I stated, regular people might not know why the economy is bad, just that it is, and they're voting for the other guy. The National Review reports, a labor union that represents U.S. railroad workers said its 4,900 members voted against a deal its leaders had reached with U.S. freight railroads. The vote comes after, you, after the union, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, IM, became one of 10 labor groups to tentatively agree to contract recommendations made by a nonpartisan panel appointed by President Biden, the Wall Street Journal reported. Two other unions have yet to reach a deal, the report adds. I just love this. Biden intervening, saying, like, here's what we can do. Please don't do this to us less than two months from the midterms. Quote, IAM Freight rail members are skilled professionals who have worked in difficult conditions through a pandemic to make sure essential products get to their destinations, the union said in a statement on Wednesday, announcing the results of the vote. The statement adds, we look forward to continuing that vital work with a fair contract that ensures our members and their families are treated with respect, with the respect they deserve for keeping America's goods and resources moving through the pandemic. A new poll by Smart Ted, one of the biggest railroad unions, reveals that 78% of its workers would reject the proposed deal. Well, my understanding is that they, they've already uh, voted against it. The union says that its 4,900 members voted against its deal. And now Smart Ted is saying that as well. Now, officials from both sides are set to meet Wednesday with Labor Secretary Marty Walsh as the White House aims to facilitate an agreement before Friday. If an agreement cannot be reached by Friday at 12.01 a.m., the unions have threatened to strike. OK, OK, maybe we will not see that strike. Why? It's just a threat. Maybe they're playing hardball. Come Friday, they'll be like, we're going to give you one last chance. That would be good news for everybody. Look, as much as I'm not a fan of Democrats, I, unlike Bill Maher, would not advocate for economic damage to your life simply because I don't like a political party. If Biden can effectively navigate this and actually prevent this, good for him. I will give respect where respect is due. Well, the meeting occurs in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday. Republicans plan to introduce a bill by Senators Rogers Wicker, Roger Wicker of Mississippi and Richard Burr of North Carolina that would require both sides to accept the contract recommendations made by the presidential panel in order to avoid a crippling shutdown of U.S. freight railways. Looks like we got a bipartisan effort here to prevent this because it would hurt everybody. At issue is a points-based attendance policy for conductors and engineers that union leaders say punish workers for missing work, to, uh, for, missing work for routine doctor's visits in family medical emergencies. The two largest unions have said their members will not agree to a deal that does not address the issue, and the railroads have not shown a willingness to change the policy. The Republican legislation, which would only force both sides to adopt the board recommendations in the event that an agreement is not reached by Friday, the Friday deadline, may have difficulty advancing in Congress as it's unclear whether Democrats would support the measure. I gotta be, I'd, I'd be surprised if they don't, because they, def, they desperately need to make sure this strike doesn't happen. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said Tuesday that he believes both sides should agree to the board's recommendations. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Ark Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. The president's board has made a recommendation as to how this should be settled. And unless Biden changed his position, the president apparently supports the position of the presidential board, McConnell said. That seems to me to be the perfect place to get the strike settled. Now, that'd be good news. Let's be real. No one should be wishing for a strike for several reasons. One, yo, I want the workers to get what they're owed and have a good contract. I am much more in favor of the workers than I am the big corporations. Not a big fan of laissez-faire capitalism. I like collective bargaining. Not a big fan of unions based on the laws that have been passed, but I want to see the workers get what they're owed. I think the regular working class folks are those who deserve to be well compensated. Now, often we see when it comes to workforce collective bargaining, you do have to understand the position of management and the company. It's not always so simple. The left wants to paint a picture that these corporations are just greedy and want to burn everything to the ground, steal as much resources as possible. And that's not always true. So it is tough. Sometimes the negotiations don't work. When I worked at Fusion, I remember after I left, Fusion was the ABC News Univision joint venture. I had friends, so I'm, I'm not working there anymore. And they were talking about unionizing. And I said to my friend, you do realize that it's an investment property that generates no revenue, right? And they're like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, okay, the company you work for has no income. So going to the parent company and saying, just give us more of your money won't work. They'll just terminate the project. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about, but we deserve it. And I'm like, okay. And then mass layoff happened. Ma- uh, mass layoffs occurred. The company basically said that you don't make money. There's no point continuing this. Y'all are entitled. We're done. I think they fired like 300 people or something. Yeah, it sucks that it happened. People got to understand how investment properties work. Not every project, every company is making money. Some people are hoping that a project can work and it doesn't always work out. But either way, we don't want the strike to happen because we want the workers to be to, to, to have uh, um, to have a good life. We don't want the strike to happen because we want regular people to get the goods they need. It would be collateral damage for everybody. And I personally do not accept the idea that the American people and the workers of this rail, railroad union should suffer so that we can make Joe Biden look bad. Not interested. I am strongly encouraging Joe Biden to do his best for the Democrats and Walsh to succeed in this endeavor. Please, guys, I'm wishing you the best and I'm genuinely hoping you can solve this before it gets bad. We want the economy to be better. You know, I want I want Joe Biden's plans to work. I just think that they don't. I think we've seen for a variety of reasons the economy suffering, and it comes from Republicans and Democrats alike. Donald Trump was the president in 2020. He had a lot of spending. These policy changes we saw were under under his watch. He's far from perfect man. But we did see pre-pandemic the best numbers of our lives. That's good news for everybody. I can't tell you how many people I, I, I talked to 
contractors, a furniture saleswoman saying they made more money in 2019 than they'd ever made. It was amazing. And now it's because Donald Trump's a businessman. It's good news. I want Joe Biden to do well as well. I don't like him. I'll vote against him. But look, the end result is this. Despite all the bad things that are happening, if we can get the job done and help the American people, that's what needs to happen. And then come November, I'll vote for somebody else. But if people want to support them because they did a good job, well, then that's why they should support them. Bloomberg reports, the Biden administration is pressuring labor unions and freight rail operators to agree to a new contract before Friday, a Friday deadline to, uh, to avert a strike. Biden has been briefed in the matter and is closely tracking the work of cabinet officials. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh on Sunday evening again pressed the parties to reach a resolution. We get it. A strike would carry significant political risk for Biden and his fellow Democrats, whose efforts to hang on to their House and Senate majorities in the November 8th election have been boosted by a string of legislative victories and improving economic news. Supply chain disruptions less than two months before voters go to the polls could hurt Democrats and put Biden, who has pledged to be the most pro-union president in history, in a bind. While 10 of 12 railroad workers unions have struck new labor deals, the two holdouts, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, and the International Association of Sheet, Sheet Metal Air Rail and Transportation Workers account for more than 90,000 rail employees. Railroads have advised customers of some potential service disruptions starting on Monday if talks don't progress ahead of a potential walkout on September 17th. Six Class 1 freight railroads will begin to take steps to manage and secure shipments of some hazardous or sensitive materials starting Monday, the Association of American Railroads a Trade Group said in a statement. A work stoppage also could hamper food shipments and would come at a particularly perilous time, said Brooke Appleton, vice president of public policy at the National Corn Growers Association. Rail is, essential, is an essential piece of the agricultural supply chain, particularly as we approach harvest season. So any disruption to rail services would have a negative and lasting impact on our growers. Given what is at stake for the agricultural community and other sectors of the economy, we hope all parties will come to an agreement. I'm going to say it again. I completely agree, man. The U.S. government is making contingencies if the rail shutdown occurs. This is from just the other day from Reuters last night. Biden's administration on Tuesday made contingency plans aiming to ensure deliveries of critical goods in the event of a shutdown of the U.S. rail system while pressing railroads and unions to reach a deal to avoid a work stoppage affecting freight and passenger service. The potential shutdown, which would come as early as Friday, could freeze almost 30 percent of U.S. cargo shipments, stoke inflation, impede food supply of food and fuel, and cost the economy about $2 billion per day. Brutal, man. Yeah, look, I got mad respect for the efforts of the Biden administration and the, and, and the Democratic uh, admin officials that are working to prevent this from occurring. I still think it, it is likely to happen. I do. I, I don't know. I can't see the future. I'm just being a bit pessimistic based on what we've seen from the Biden administration and the failures in the economy. I'm not sure they're going to be able to pull this one off. I don't think they're competent. That's just the reality. I'm not. Look, I, I think there's very real concerns about the weaponization of the DOJ and the Democrats going after Trump supporters. I think it's nightmarish. I think no matter what happens, no matter what their efforts are, I'm poised to vote against them because of their overreach. But I have to at least say, whoever, please help the workers and the American people to prevent something like this. My fingers are crossed. But you want to know the truth? I think the Democrats have been actively, actively working against the American people. I think they've been working to ship our jobs overseas. I think the Republicans have too, but the MAGA Republicans haven't. And that's the split in the Republican Party. 
They've been sending our jobs to China, our manufacturing to China. They've been sending our jobs to Mexico and to other countries, to Vietnam, to Bangladesh or whatever, wherever it is they're making clothes. I think they do Bangladesh and like um, Vietnam and Cambodia and stuff. So I'm not convinced. I think Donald Trump, for all his faults, was trying to bring jobs back. They go on to mention that uh, last Tuesday they were planning on hosting these individuals. So we know this is happening. The Biden administration's push. Uh, 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 let me let me read. If the agreements are not reached, there could be union strikes. But the railroads and unions could also agree to stay at the bargaining table. So it's possible we, we they don't come to an agreement, but they still avoid this. The White House has told railroads and unions that a shutdown is unacceptable and will hurt American workers, families and businesses, and they must take action to avert it. One key issue is ensuring continued distribution of vital hazardous materials. So, so we, we read all this. We understand this. All of this is happening as the Dow books near 1,300 point drop as stocks record worst day since June 2020, since the start of the pandemic. Yo, it's so brutal. Everybody's trying to come out and say it's not Joe Biden's fault. Come on, dude. He's the guy in charge. It was Trump's fault in 2020 when all this was going down because the buck stops with him. I don't mean to say every single thing is his fault. That's silly. But he was the leader and we suffered hardship. And it's not it's not always the fault in the sense that Donald Trump literally flicked a switch and caused damage, though he did keep Fauci on board as well as many others. The reality is that when you are in charge and steering the ship, the buck stops with you. And right now, Joe Biden is in charge. And we have seen many policies enacted that people warned would result in inflation. Remember when the Democrats were giving out those stimulus checks and everyone was like, OK, we have to stop this. Yeah, it was Democratic governors. And I got I got to be honest, there's an overlap between 2020 and 2021, Trump and Biden. Let's not forget that. But right now, the, the mantle was handed off to Joe Biden and it's not improved. In fact, when you take a look at the metrics, it is right following the inauguration of Joe Biden and his executive orders, that inflation skyrockets, that wages collapse. So don't tell me, you know, Joe Biden's targeted the energy sector for climate change reasons. That has a direct impact on the economy, the available energy for production. It went down. The dude got us involved in more war already, and he's sending tons of money to Ukraine. All of that affects inflation. Now we're looking at $600 billion in student loan forgiveness, all of it, inflation. And then you're going to end up with railroad workers who are like, hey, my salary doesn't pay my bills anymore. I need a raise. And the, and the freight says, we are not making that much more money from the delivery, so we can't do it. Strike. And it all comes crashing. Politico. Republicans scramble for leverage as Biden seeks to avert rail strike. Supply chain disruptions from crops to water to energy could be devastating. If freight rail unions strike as soon as Friday, that's true. The Republicans would be foolish to ignore such a great opportunity to go after the Democrats. I'm, I'm not I'm not here to play this game, man. I am worried that people will be hurt by this. Scary thought. We had a super chat the other night where a man said it's scary to him that no matter how much he preps as a type one diabetic, he will not survive the collapse. Scary thought. My only advice is to get a degree in veterinary medicine and learn how to harvest insulin from pigs and then have a lot of pigs ready. Because I think that's where they harvest the insulin from, from pigs. I don't know how to do it. And I don't know if you actually can do it that way. So make sure you go to college, get a degree and get certified before doing anything like that. And don't take medical advice from me. But that got me thinking, especially with this, there are a lot of people that are extremely dependent. Their lives, their, their absolute, their actual lives depend on these things not being disrupted. 
You know, if the power goes out, insulin can spoil. And that's bad news for diabetics. And that's just a, one example of people who really rely on these supply chains. So hopefully it doesn't happen. But while Republicans are looking at leverage, there is something else. In this chart from the Daily Mail, crime, guns, and economy top issues for midterm voters. Well, this is simple. The economy is number one. That's why the rail strike is so important. Gun policy followed by violent crime. But gun policy overlaps with violent crime. You see, let me tell you. I assure you, regular people are not concerned with just a gun. They're concerned with the fact that guns are used in crimes. If there was zero gun crime, there would be no issue of gun, gun control or gun policy. The issue is we are seeing murderers, violence, robbery, and it's sad and it's horrifying. And people are experiencing it. The Daily Mail reports, how safe is your city? Robberies soar by 13% and aggravated assaults by 2.6 in big U.S. cities so far this year. Concern over violent crime is set to drive voter turnout in the midterms. Violent crime rates grew by 4.4% in major cities in the first half of 2022. This was largely down to rises in robberies and aggravated assaults. Aggravated means um, typically that the assault was made with a deadly weapon. And assault doesn't always mean you actually physically harm someone. In Illinois, for instance, if you brandish a firearm in someone's face, that's, I'm pretty sure that's aggravated assault. Assault in Illinois is putting someone in reasonable fear of harm. So if you swing at someone and miss, you've assaulted them. If you lunge at someone, you've assaulted them. I know it's weird, right? Aggravated, though, means a deadly weapon or extreme force that could result in death. Homicide rates dipped slightly, but have remained elevated since the pandemic spike. Atlanta, New Orleans, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Dallas, Phoenix, and Denver all saw more murders this year. New York City recorded a 39% rise in robberies and a 21% rise in aggravated assaults. 60% of voters say crime will impact their ballot in the upcoming midterms. So here we go. Our good friends over at Media Matters. Ah, yes, Media Matters. They write, Tucker Carlson told Republicans to focus on crime. They're listening. Are they? Fox News host Tucker Carlson offered Republicans some campaign advice last month. As the party's push to win back control, the U.S. House and Senate appeared to falter. If every Republican office seeker, every Republican candidate in the U.S. focused on law and order and equality under the law, there would be a red wave in the November midterm elections, Carlson declared. I agree. They go on to say one month later, Republican strategy appears to have fallen in line with Carlson's suggestion. GOP officials have been mixing up their advertising spending with a new focus on issues like crime. I don't think it's just Tucker Carlson. I think polling institutions have said this, and it took them a month to figure it out. Tucker is not guiding them. I love this one. Once again, from Media Matters, Tucker Carlson claims that George Soros is funding the collapse of civilization. I mean, that's his opinion. He's allowed to have it. Carlson said, how did this happen? Well, there are many threads, but George Soros is a big one. Soros paid for this. And then they just quote Tucker Carlson. He says in Chicago right now, taxpayers are more likely to be the victims of crime than criminals are to be punished for it. So the question is, why would anyone in Chicago pay taxes? You'd have to be a masochist to do that. And pretty soon, only the masochists will be. So how did this happen? Well, it's no mystery. There are many threads, but George Soros is a big one. Soros paid for this to happen. Soros backed a prosecutor, Kim Fox, who turned Chicago over to the most vicious people who live there, not the decent good people in all neighborhoods the most vicious, the ones who truly don't care about others, who want to kill people for their shoes or the car, the worst people. And they run things now. 
I can only imagine that's how Tucker Carlson said it, but that's the that's the quote. Media Matter is saying this. Why? Are they claiming it's not true? From the Wall Street Journal opinion section. Why I support reform prosecutors. Justice or safety? It's a false choice. They reinforce each other. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine Engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com/carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24/7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com/carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com/carlson and save 20% today. George Soros wrote a long op-ed about why he's standing by and defending his, his, his decision. He says, we spend $81 billion every year keeping around 2 million people in prisons and jails. We need to invest more in preventing crime with strategies that will work, deploying mental health professionals in crisis situations, investing in youth jobs programs, and creating opportunities for education behind bars. This reduces the likelihood that those prisoners will commit new crimes after release. Spot on. I completely agree with the paragraph written here by Mr. George Soros. The problem is, is execution. That's not what's happening. You are funding people who are burning it all to the ground. At a certain point, maybe you'd be like, okay, we tried it. It didn't work. Let's slow down a little bit. But no, full speed ahead, full steam ahead. Ah, yes, I love that phrase, full steam. Back in the day when we shoveled coals into an engine to create steam that would then create, you know, rotational force or piston force to drive a wheel. It's good fun. The examiner says Illinois eager to join Democrats pro-crime experiment. They mentioned New York. They mentioned San Francisco. They mentioned Washington state. And then another shoe is about to drop in Illinois. Thanks to Democrats 2021 passage of the Safe T Act. Oh, very clever. Many provisions of which go into effect this coming January. Unless this law is fixed, the bill will abolish cash bail for nearly all defendants. Bar police from removing trespassers from homes and businesses and give bail jumpers a 48 hour head start before the police can even start trying to track them down. Criminal coddling policies have are having serious political consequences for Democrats in other states. Much more importantly, they're having tragic life altering and life ending consequences for the innocent victims of the criminals whom these policies seem almost designed to enable. Chicago, always a dangerous city. Uh, is always a dangerous city, but in 2022, quite possibly the Mecca of murder could yet become much worse than it is now. Believe it or not, thanks to Illinois Democrats, we might soon find out just how bad. Meanwhile, since 2010, Illinois has lost almost as many residents, 160,000, as live in its second largest city, Aurora. We can't imagine why. Really? Aurora is the second largest city in Illinois? That's weird. Aurora is basically a northwestern suburb of Chicago, so it's all the Chicagoland area whatever. But yeah, man, it's happening. Shooting inside Chicago's Washington Park during a baseball game leaves at least one person dead and seven hospitalized as Windy City reels from violent crime. Lunatic progressives who 
turned San, Franci- San Francisco into a fentanyl ravaged hellhole are now begging for ideas to save the city. But here's a ludicrous, ca- ludicrous sketch reveals David Marcus. You can't arrest anyone. Hmm. Police armed man wearing clown wig said he wanted to kill all Democrats. Please, please stop. But this guy's clearly unwell. Tucker Carlson talked about a, a story. A man in Bucktown in Chicago. It was interesting to hear his segment because I once lived in Bucktown. Bucktown is very nice. They have a skate park just around a corner from Bucktown, the Logan Park skate park. And it's where all the hipsters were living. And it's where they, many of them remained. And the neighborhood was gentrifying. And now it's getting dangerous and it's getting violent. And it's sad to see. Chicago has always been corrupt. So this Kim Fox thing doesn't really surprise me. Jesse Smollett almost got away with this crime. The cops still went after him. But Chicago's corrupt. It's always been corrupt. I don't know it as anything else. I know it as police detaining people in what's called a black site, an unmarked location. We know about the stories of Chicago cops electrocuting people with tasers to force confessions. What was that guy's name? I can't remember that guy's name. But yeah, Chicago ain't a good place. Now, crime is through the roof. It's crazy. You have all these gangs in Chicago. I remember seeing maps in local uh, police stations showing you all the gang territory and they keep up to date on who controlled what. And it's just it's just crazy. The cops are just another gang, just the biggest one. And what I and, and I mean that because, well, look, I've seen good cops in Chicago. You know, the cops grabbed a one cop grabbed a meter maid by the throat and slammed her up against the wall and lifted her up because she gave him a ticket. He parked illegally. She walked by, looked around. She's like, I don't know. You can't park here and gave him a ticket. So he came out, grabbed her by the throat and slammed her up against the wall. There was another video where off duty cops brutally beat a female bartender because they're basically their own gang. I'm not a fan of Chicago police, but I will tell you, police reform is the solution, not abolition of police, not the curtailing of policy. The policy is being enacted, enacted improperly because of cultural issues. If people had scruples and said, I'm not going to do this, then maybe they would not. But these cops don't care. They get away with it. You need to change the culture. The policies like cash bail ain't the issue. Now, I'm no fan of cash bail. The idea that you can be held when innocent because you're not proven guilty, but we have due process and we have a bail hearing. The system is just breaking down. It needs to be fixed. Crime in the economy, ladies and gentlemen, that's what's going to be driving people this November. And while the polls are showing that Democrats are making major gains, you need to understand the railroad strike, collapsing economy and crime are going to drive people and they ain't voting for Democrats if they go out and vote. So y'all need to go knock on doors. Are you a conservative in Chicago? Knock on doors. You don't even got to tell people to vote Republican. Just complain about Democrat policy. Or at the very least, ask them if they'd be willing to consider it. Register your neighbors to vote. Have local meetings. Find your moderate candidate to vote against these people. You can win. The change has got to come from you, man. We got to stand up. We got to push back. We got to say enough. We won't stand for this stuff. Otherwise, you're going to see a worsening economy. You're going to see escalating crime. Register your neighbors to vote. Call your friends and family. Make sure they're registered to vote. Scott Pressler, I shout him out every time because he's the man going out and registering people to vote, helping flip states. I think Florida uh, typically had more registered Democrats than Republicans. It flipped several, I think almost a year ago now. Now it's got more Republicans. And that's thanks to individuals who are going out and registering people to vote. I think we must avoid the pitfalls of mocking Biden and wishing for his failure. 
I want him to stop doing the bad things and focus on the good things. And I think we should go out and tell people, look, the Democrats and Republicans are both trying to stop this strike. Respect to both parties. But in the end, we have to ask ourselves, how do we get to a point where the economy was so bad? It wasn't Donald Trump. Under Donald Trump, we had the best numbers of our lives. Look it up. That quote from, uh, what's his face, Jim Cramer. That was the quote. We can bring that back, but we got we to gotta vote for accountability. And we got to say enough to the failed policies. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Last night during Timcast IRL, we got word Mike Lindell had been raided by the FBI. They stopped him while he was out on a trip, surrounded his car, issued him a subpoena, told him not to tell anybody, and then took his cell phone. Now, initially, this was just reported by Mike Lindell, and some people questioned whether or not he was a reliable source. We now have confirmation from the New York Times that Mike Lindell has been served with a search warrant. His phone was seized. He was telling the truth. And this is what I, we expected. Mike Lindell is not the kind of guy to lie about this. I certainly think he's been wrong about a lot of things, but that's fine. He's the pillow guy. I don't expect him to be the news or scientist guy. But he was telling the truth about what happened to him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Civil War, I guess. I don't, I don't know how to explain it in any other way. It's fifth generational civil war. It is. It's not it's not cold civil war. I mean, maybe you can call it that because uh, hot civil war implies kinetic conflict. But cold we had a cold war, you know, with uh, the Soviet Union and the United States, NATO, and there was still proxy conflict. It was a cold war. Yeah, but we were in Vietnam. We are in Korea. We were in Afghanistan. So war was actually happening. I think Cold War still implies that there's going to be conflict. And perhaps we see that proxy conflict with Black Lives Matter protests and rioting and things like that, perhaps. So maybe you want to call it a cold civil war, but I'm going to call it fifth generational warfare. And let me tell you why. Here's some good news for Trump supporters. Trump backing Brigadier General beats moderate GOP candidate in New Hampshire Senate primary in key battle before midterms, while former Trump staffer aged just 25 wins her House battle. Don Bolduck, a staunch supporter of Trump, won his Tuesday primary after the state's Senate president, Chuck Morse, conceded. So why is this fifth generational warfare, my friends? Well, for this reason, David Axelrod, ah, you know him, you love him, director at U Shy Politics, senior political commentator on CNN. Oh, yeah, he said another far right election denier wins this time in New Hampshire. Feels like the Republicans are doing everything possible to frustrate their chances of regaining control of the Senate. Here's the truth. Stephen L. Miller says, you absolute effing ridiculous clown. And he links to this story from the New York Post, which reads, the final two races targeted by Democrats will be decided Tuesday in New Hampshire. In the Republican primary for the right to take on incumbent Senator Maggie Hassan, the Senate Majority PAC, which is aligned with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat, has forked out $3.2 million on ads endorsing retired Army Brigadier General Don Bolduck. Well, hold on there a minute. They spent $3.2 million on ads endorsing him? New York Post? Yo, that's crazy. From the New York Post. Democrats spend $53 million to boost far-right GOP candidates despite rhetoric. So let's, 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 we'll come back to that. But we got to talk about Mike Lindell and how this all loops together. 
We'll give an honorable mention to Tim Ryan saying the U.S. needs to kill and confront the extremist Republican movement. And I'll explain to you why we are in a fifth generational civil war. It could be a revolution. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. But I explain it this way. Imagine you go back in time. You meet with Sir Genghis Khan. I don't actually think he was a Sir, but you get my point. And you tell him, you know, assuming you can speak his language or whatever. Let's just say you got a universal translator, a time machine. Everything's just perfect. And you say, sir, how would you like it if I could provide you the tools to conquer all of your opponents, rivals, and every nation that stood before you without raising a sword, without firing one arrow? He would say, magic, lies. How could it be possible? The people must be conquered. That's the only way to gain control. And you say, I will trick them and convince them. And before you know it, without his sword being raised, they will bow before you as their savior. Surely he would say, okay, prove it to me. Do it. Nobody would choose kinetic conflict if they could avoid it because it's expensive. We're in a new era, my friends. Manipulation, media, politics, that's how the game is played. Political persuasion. So this is where we are now. Mike Lindell is searched with a search, uh, served with a search warrant. The FBI has been weaponized and is going after all of the Trump supporters. Um, not all of them, but Trump's main uh, top supporters and allies. They don't need a conviction. They need the manipulation. This is the game they're going to play. They've spent $53 million in propping up Trump-endorsed candidates. Trump-endorsed candidates are winning. Now they're filing subpoenas, the DOJ weaponized by the Democrats, against Trump supporters. This is what you'll get. Come, we're we're, we're less than two months away, so the commercials will probably start popping up very soon. You're going to see commercials showing Steve Bannon being perp walked. That's what they did. They arrested Steve Bannon, put him in cuffs, and they make him walk down the hallway in front of all the press so they can get all the different shots of Steve Bannon being perp walked. The commercials are going to say, Donald Trump is a criminal and his supporters are criminals. Don't vote for the criminals. You see, a lot of people will be persuaded. They, a lot of people don't understand the concept of innocent until proven guilty. Even now, the media has repeatedly stated that, that pleading the fifth makes you a bad person. Hey, props to Trump because he said something similar. Walked it back recently when he pled the fifth, pleaded the fifth. Now you have Mike Lindell being searched, uh, served with a search warrant. It doesn't matter if he did anything wrong. What matters is the news is going to be like the FBI targeting, you know, these people, criminals. They're going to do clever things with language. They don't need to say that Mike Lindell did anything wrong. They can say the FBI files subpoenas, search warrants against Trump allies, accused of crimes. Do not be complicit. Do not support the criminals. That's why I say this is a civil war, because the Democrats are funding the people that they claim are the bad guys. They're coming out and they're saying, MAGA are the bad guys. You can't support them. Hey, let's go spend money supporting their campaigns. Here's the funny thing. YouTube has a new policy. Uh, Maybe it's not a new policy, but YouTube says that if you confuse people about the election, you'll be banned. YouTube, question, are you going to ban all the Democrats and their ads because they're manipulating the election? No? What was that? Nothing? Nothing, huh? Okay. That's what I figured. In the meantime, 
it is confirmed that they went after Mike Lindell. Let's read a little bit about this and we'll break down more of what's going on. The New York Times says Mike Lindell, a prominent promoter of 2020 election misinformation, was served with a search warrant and his cell phone was seized by FBI agents who questioned him about his ties to a Colorado County clerk who was accused of tampering with voting machines, Mr. Lindell said. Tina Peters, the, the county clerk in Mesa County, Colorado, is under indictment on state charges related to a scheme to download data from election equipment after the 2020 presidential contest. Ms. Peters has pleaded not guilty to the charges. The search is a sign that a federal investigation into Ms. Peters has reached a prominent figure in the national movement to investigate and overturn the 2020 election. Can I just pause there and just say that is the stupidest thing I've ever read? The search is not a sign that it happened. It is news that it happened. Literally, you have it. You, you, New York Times, your headline is My Pillow's Mike Lindell served a search warrant. Lindell, the chief executive and founder of MyPillow, is a major promoter of the debunked theories that keep alive the false notion that the election was stolen from former President Donald Trump. Okay, let's pause for a second. What do you mean by stolen? That's the question. What does stolen mean? I don't like any of this stuff because I feel like it straw mans the Democrats right before an election. Y'all need to be operating as though the Democrats are primed to win and you need to be knocking on doors, registering people to vote. Scott Pressler can do it. You can do it too. Go door to door, meet your neighbors, register people to vote. That's what you got to do. But see, a lot of people say it was stolen from him. Yeah, some people like Mike Lindell believe there was a conspiracy and fraud and a bunch of crazy things. And I'm like, I, I roll my eyes at this stuff. And I'm like, come on, guys. No, 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 no. We don't, we, don't, we don't need none of that. We don't need to believe in conjecture and circumstantial evidence that won't do anything for us. Now, if you want to argue that Time Magazine put out, an, put out an article that says the shadow campaign to, to save the election, that, that article called it a conspiracy to stop Trump. And Sam Harris actually said there was one. Okay, well, out of their own mouths, if, you, if, if that's what you're saying, sure, sure. What you got to understand is that it was procedural. What happened in 2020 was procedural, meaning a year in advance, a year in advance, the Republicans cut a deal with Democrats in Pennsylvania to allow universal mail-in voting. That's not, you, I mean, you can call it whatever you want. I don't know. I'm not going to say it's not anything. I'm going to say that's what it was. It was, they agreed to it and it was challenged in court and those challenges ultimately lost. So what do you want to call it? Now you may believe it's unfair. Fine by me. You may say that means it was stolen. Fine by me. But what we're talking about is a question of the constitutionality of early voting universal mail-in voting, and ballot harvesting. In many states, ballot harvesting is legal, which is why I simply say, right now, this narrative isn't helping. What will help? Winning local elections, winning primaries, that's what will help. Democrats know that procedural changes can only go so far. There's been some rulings like uh, there's an initial ruling that universal mail-in voting was unconstitutional, but I think ultimately the state Supreme Court of Pennsylvania said it was going to remain. In Wisconsin, they said those un unmanned ballot drop boxes were illegal. I think they said they're going to keep those for now. I don't know. We'll see. Y'all need to be filing suit. I know a lot of these were thrown out, but y'all need to be doing this now, issuing legal challenges in the fair and legal manner by which the legal challenges should be brought about. And you should be voting in local elections so that you can enact proper sound procedural policy on how these elections are run. That being said, I do understand that many of these people being targeted by the FBI were trying to do just that. And that's why I say 
Welcome to the Civil War, my friends. When you have people going on TV and saying article, you know, X of the Constitution states that we should do Y. And we're going to go to the courts and we're going to win. And then the feds go after those people. Yeah, that's crazy. That's when we're looking at, and I shouldn't say civil war, but revolution, the weaponization of the DOJ. And then what? What can be done? You better come out and vote and get your friends to vote. And that's what matters. Now, I'll say this of the Democrats. The reason why I think we're in civil war territory Those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. That's it. I don't I don't know what else to what else to say. I mean, if people feel like they cannot get a redress of grievances, then it's just it's over. Violence will happen. Now, I think Democrats want that. I do. I think Democrats want it as evidenced by them propping up the Trump supporters, making sure that these are the people that are prominent and win. They're telling you these people are the bad guys, but then they're paying for them to win and then going, oh, no, they're winning. This is exactly what David Axelrod did. This guy should be banned for election manipulation and interference. Such dirty, pathetic games. The Democrats are funding this, according to the New York Post, Democrat aligned PACs, and then claiming it's the apocalypse. Yep. So where do we go? Where does that bring us? The demonization leads to insane things like Tim Ryan saying they need to kill and confront the extremist Republican movement. Okay, 74 million people voted for Donald Trump. You want to call it extremist. You want to say whatever you want to say about it. Fine. But you need to understand this is the majority of Republicans. They like Trump. They like America. They like free speech. They like individual liberties. They don't like the Democrats. They think the Democrats are bad people. And then Tim Ryan comes out and says, you know, I, I, I'm going to work with Republicans and I'm going to work across the aisle, but not the extremist ones. So what, the neocons, the war hawks, the warmongers? Where do you think this leads? Here's my, 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 my fear. The Democrats are propping up these extremist narratives, and they're doing this because they want to back Trump supporters into a corner to force them to get violent just before the election. Trump supporters fear that Democrats will stage false flag attacks to demonize Republicans as just that right before the midterms. So they can say, don't let the Maggie Republicans win. They're so dangerous. We warned you about this. It's a civil war. Fifth generational civil war. The Democrats, according to the the news we have from the New York Post, are propping up their opponents. They are setting the stage for violence while claiming that they're terrified of it. It's happening right in front of your faces. So how do we get out of something like this? Honestly, I don't have the answers. I don't know. I think the most important thing is, look, share this video. The most important thing is people need to know it's happening. They need to know it's happening so that they can resist the manipulation. People should not get violent. Nobody should. And I know the Trump supporters know this, but there are many that are like, oh, no, 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 no. If you're a Trump supporter, if you're a Republican, if you're a moderate, if you're a libertarian, you should be doing everything in your power to make sure people do not get violent. That people just advocate, register voters, and go out and vote. Massive red wave. A red great flood. People need to go out with smiles on their faces, shaking hands and waving and voting. And then voting these people out, the Democrats. And then in November, once they get the power of the House, maybe not the Senate, we'll see. They can start launching some investigations. And that's the Democrats are truly afraid of. And I think they'll stop at nothing to make sure that doesn't happen. 
Democrats and Republicans alike believe doomsday and civil war loom large. You know, I've been referencing this, uh, this data. It, it, people keep re- reporting on the same data. This is YouGov data. Everyone thinks the end is nigh. We are well past the point where historically people would flee the country. And I've been talking about this quite a bit. I've been thinking about it. I lived in South Jersey. The violence got bad. I fled. Got out. When people left Germany, as things were starting to get bad, Germany is not that large of a place relative to the United States. So they fled to other European countries and some fled to the U.S. I was in South Jersey and the violence started getting bad. The crime was skyrocketing and the rioters crossed the bridge into my sleepy suburban area. And then I was just like, we can't wait around. I could hear the sirens and I was like, this is nuts. We're We're across a river. And South Jersey is a peninsula, so it's like, you don't want to get trapped there. So we moved away from it. It's about a three, four hour drive or so. And I thought, you know what? That is very similar. A relative distance, you know, people left Germany to France, to Spain, to the UK, to other countries to avoid the conflict. Not everybody got out of Europe during World War II, but a lot of people started leaving and going to neighboring countries to saw how bad it was getting. The problem is it's getting bad in all of the US. So I can't predict what's going to happen. But I already know that a lot of people are fleeing the country. We talked about this on IRL. There are stories about immigration lawyers pointing out wealthy liberals are fleeing the U.S. They're going to countries like St. Kitts and Nevis, small, what is it, Bahamian or Caribbean, whatever. Not the Bahamas, it's Caribbean, because Bahamas, I think, is a country, right? They're going to small islands. They're paying, I think it's $500,000 for what's called a golden passport. You become a citizen of St. Kitts and Nevis. You store your, store your money there. You don't, gotta, you don't pay taxes. And then you get a passport that's better than a U.S. one. Golden passports. That's right. I've heard stories of people who've been doing this for a long time. It's been around for a while. There are many countries, most countries, allow economic citizenship. That is, if you're ultra wealthy, they want you to come there and bring your money. Small island nations offer this up. Some are cheaper than others. I've heard some will offer it for like 50 grand. So they want the money. And, and the crazy thing is often you don't even, even got to give them the money. You put in a bank in their country because then their bank has access to it to issue loans and do all that stuff. And they're like, you're good. Here's your passport. And then these people have an escape should things get crazy and things get violent. Right now, many people are heading to El Salvador. I don't, I don't want to call that fleeing necessarily because the, uh, El Salvador has implemented Bitcoin as its, as its national currency. They instantly gave everyone, I think, like 30 bucks in Bitcoin, banking the nation overnight. Crime dropped. The economy expand is expanding rapidly. And now people are building cities based on Bitcoin. It's becoming the Bitcoin capital of the world. And so people are leaving, heading down to El Salvador. Tempting, very tempting. I'm not going anywhere just yet. But I, I have been talking about how I'm looking at El Salvador, mainly because of the Bitcoin thing. I think it's fantastic. But I got to tell you, my friends. We stay and we, we, we remain in that political battle. We remain in that uh, we, we, have, we have an election coming up and we have to win. We have to vote. We have to vote for American values. We have to vote to push back on the extremism. And we need accountability. We need to vote to stop the overreach of the FBI and what the Democrats are doing. And we need to win to make that happen. However, be warned. The DOJ has already gone after sitting members of Congress. I'm not sure there's a, a, a path out of this conflict, but I'm not pessimistic. You know, my view is the U.S. may collapse, may break up. It may just lose its status in the world. It may become a shell of its former self. 
but that doesn't mean things will be bad. I mean, that is bad in and of itself, but I'm saying like you will live, you will be safe, you will be with your family and you will find a way. I believe you will. Many people who live in the middle of nowhere are self-sufficient to a great degree already. So I don't think that it's, it's, it's that apocalyptic necessarily. I think that it may just be the demise of the American empire and institution globally. And you're going to get by. Now, cities may get real bad in the event of a, of a hard collapse. That's the reality we face. And that's the problem of the cities. So I can't tell you, man, I can't I can't predict the future. At some point, maybe I find myself chilling in El Salvador on the beach, living a much simpler life because the dream can only last for so long. But for the time being, I'm going to stay and say I love this country and it must succeed and its institutions must be must must be held accountable and what's the right word I'm looking for? Reformed. Reformed in such a sense not that they're dismantled. No, I think many of our institutions are okay. But they need to be reformed. Our, 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 our media needs to be reformed. We are, we are doing that right now, you and I, with this video. Our law enforcement institutions need to be reformed because I think law enforcement serves an important and vital role for this country. But there must be accountability. If Democrats can weaponize the DOJ and do what they're doing, they are ripping this country apart. They're doing it because they're scared to lose. They're doing it because they don't want to be held accountable. We need accountability. Change must happen. It's the only way. So if we win, when we win in the election, we can have these investigations and maybe come 2024, we put an end to this. And the collapse will happen to some degree, I suppose, because empire can't last forever. But then we'll all get by. Donald Trump was doing very important things to preserve this country, bringing back manufacturing. I have to wonder if the real goal was to dismantle the U.S. from within. And Donald Trump Shoring up our borders, bringing manufacturing back was only bolstering this country from within. They certainly can't have that. I think many Democrats want to see our wealth transferred to China. That's the reality of things. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Here you are, doom scrolling on YouTube, or maybe you got a notification. I do appreciate that you guys watch my videos and you help support my work. And I think these subjects are important, but man, do they really just... Sometimes when I wake up and read the news, it feels like that scene from Indiana Jones where the guy's like, Kalima, and then he shoves his hand into his chest and rips his heart out. Because the news is just, there's so much bad, awful things going on. But here's the reality. There's many people who are going to tell you, don't doom scroll, don't look at negative news. And I will be the first to say, make sure you're taking care of your mental health. You know, you don't want to just be trapped in a bubble. You got to read as much news as possible. At the same time, when I talk about this news, it's not because I want you to be wrapped up in a world of chaos and despair. It's because if you don't know what's happening, you ignore the problems, they can spiral out of control. And then the doom and despair comes for you no matter what. This idea that you could have ignored the culture war and then the Black Lives Matter riots in 2020 happened and they burnt down your business, right? For those that were paying attention and got out of the cities before that happened, they were the lucky ones. But chance favors the prepared. So is it really luck? Daily Mail reports husband of Texas teacher fired for defending pedos in class and calling them minor attracted people says she was taken completely out of context. Here's the narrative. Leaked video. Teacher says, don't call them that. They're minor attracted persons, not not pedos. You can't label people that way. Student leaks the video. Teacher gets fired. 
teacher claims I was preparing the students for the crucible and I was entertaining unpopular opinions that I myself don't hold. So some uh, supervisor comes out and he's like, you see, this was out of context and it was unfair. Then later recants and says, upon further investigation, uh, I take that back and she's gone. Here's the reality. Teachers are doing this. I don't care about this one teacher. Fine. Maybe it's out of context. Let's throw it to our good friends over at Project Veritas. NYC middle school teacher encourages students to engage in political violence, throw bricks at people with opposing views. Here's one. Prestigious NYC private school director touts sneaking her political agenda into classrooms. In, in, in one quote, she says, let me pull this up. We need a Dexter like sort of vigilante taking people out in reference to white children. So you want to know what happened? They told you, don't discuss politics, don't discuss religion, don't discuss money. And these people started taking over your schools because you didn't want to talk about it. Now, I get it. Many of you did not want to talk about it. But this is what you get when you do or say nothing. So by all means, doom scrolling, they say, Ah, you know, go find some positive news. I know so many people that were prominent culture warriors, anti-woke, and they were just like, I got to get away from this stuff living in a bubble. Mm, Yeah, okay. In the six years since some of these people retired, dropped out or went woke themselves because they were scared. These people have been teaching your children. But cowards, there was a big movement in the, in the 2010s, Gamergate and all that. And many of these people got, got scared, took down videos, went into hiding. Cowards. And they allowed this thing to happen. You knew how bad it was getting. And now you have teachers pushing this stuff consistently. The Daily Mail reports, The husband of a Texas teacher who was fired earlier this month after she defended pedos in class has said she was an exemplary teacher who was taken completely out of context. Maybe. Let's read. Amber Parker, 53, taught English at Franklin High School in El Paso until she was sacked after making the comments in class, uh, which were captured on video, subsequently shared to social media. During the 18 second long clip, which was posted to TikTok, The teacher can be heard telling students, stop calling them that. You're not allowed to label people that. Stop it, Diego. We are not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps, minor attracted persons. So don't judge people just because they want to with a five-year-old. Whoa. Yeah, that can't be a real quote, can it? It's in the video. Maybe she was taken out of context, perhaps. Sorry, teachers. Y'all ain't getting no benefit of the doubt from me. Not, Not a single one of you. Sorry, this teacher may be trying to make a point about differing opinions or whatever, but I'm just I'm here to tell you, no matter what the circumstances, homeschool your kids. Micro schools is a a big thing. I've been uh, mentioning this quite a bit. I uh, recently provided low five figure funding to a micro school. And I want to the reason I say that is because I want, you know, there's there's a lot of people who are like, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you doing more? And I typically don't talk about the giving. But when I talk about issues like this, I want you to know I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I genuinely believe we have to do this. When you support TimCast.com, just know not only are you helping staff and employ the crew here, the work we do, but for me, my income, I'm even putting, I I, I do well. And I can afford to put some towards things I truly believe in that I think this, this, this world needs. It is a Christian micro school. That means it's basically, you know, it's like 60 kids being tutored. They do Bible study. 
I don't think all the students do because it's optional. Because the real issue is moral framework, as far as I'm concerned. But I think it's incumbent upon the parents to make sure their kids have good philosophical and religious and faith-based understanding. When it came down to it, as the, even though I'm not religious, I do believe in God, and I would prefer children be religious over being woke. It's a challenge, isn't it? Because I'm not a staunch theistic individual, but I value the Christian moral framework more than I value the lack thereof. So I think it's important, despite the fact that I myself do not follow the theistic religions, but I do believe in God. Anyway, I digress. The clip was recorded during a class discussion on the crucible. And some of her students said she was not expressing her own views, but rather discussing provocative opinions. We were shaken to the core about the accusations he ran on Facebook. It is both scary and disturbing that an edited 18 second clip could destroy a 30 year career when taken completely out of context. Fair point. It is. And if that's the case, then it's a bummer. But I don't care. You know, I feel for this woman if it is out of context, but I think these institutionalized learning facilities are just bad. Jason Parker said that his wife was dedicated to her students and condemned the decision to fire her. She is, an exemplary, she is exemplary as a teacher and truly cares about the students. Needless to say, we have spent many sleepless nights because of this cruel release to social media of the 18 seconds. Okay. Parker, this is, uh, uh, Parker wrote in response to a Facebook post by Daniel Call, vice president of the El Paso Independent School District Board, who said the video was lacking context. Now, this gets interesting. Update on my last post. After hearing from some of the students that were in the class, including my own nephew, I believe now the teacher that appeared to be promoting and normalizing pedos was pretending to advocate a position she didn't actually believe in order to challenge the students in preparation for them reading the play The Crucible. The video that many, many of us saw was missing this important context. I regret the negative attention that this situation has brought on this teacher and wish her well. I'm told she's a great educator. Jason Parker continued. We pray that you and the rest of the board will see this for what it is and not allow an edited video to destroy an innocent woman, her career and her family in the process. So this is what Daniel Call wrote. She is an exemplary teacher. She was prepping the students for the crucible. But Call later deleted the post, commenting, my opinion about the situation changed once I was briefed by the district in closed session regarding the results of their investigation. There are facets of the situation that are not public knowledge. Amber Parker has not responded. So I am sorry. I don't know innocent until proven guilty and all that, but I am inclined to believe that there are teachers that are pedos that are doing this on purpose. So no, I don't buy the excuse. Sorry, it may be the case, but I just don't buy it. Especially when this guy came out and was like, oh, actually, upon investigation, not so much. The school district was immediately informed of the incident, which occurred at the end of August. And an investigation was launched, initially leading to Parker's suspension. El Paso's Independent School District Board of Trustees, led by Superintendent Diana Saavedra, then unanimously voted to fire Parker following her controversial remarks. You know, look, I got to say this. These schools tend to be woke. The districts tend to be woke. That being the case, they would want to protect someone who is actually doing this. They're, they're canning her. So why is that? I don't know. Could it be that she was trying to give kids critical thinking skills and she was actually mocking the pedos? And so that's why they fired her? I have no idea. I really don't. It's really easy to take a video out of context. I mean, you, you guys really got to understand people don't get it. Even to this day, it's shocking how people don't get it. You could have a video where it shows a guy just wind up and punch another dude in the face 
And that dude just goes down and they're like, whoa, that guy just killed that dude. Yo, what's going on? And then you can have a 15 second earlier clip where the dude who got punched pulls out a gun and is waving it at people, puts his gun away, puts his hand near it and then gets punched in the face. And so you're like, wait, 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 why did he hit him? We don't know. In the fuller video, you realize the dude was threatening and brandishing a firearm at people unprovoked and someone came and stopped him because the guy was a threat. You never know. In this video, let's take it out of context. For all we know, in the lead up to this clip, she goes, now the following thing I'm going to say is an example of a provocative opinion. Hence the video. We don't know, man. And I don't know who to trust. But I'm going to tell you this. More and more information has come out about schools and the horrifying things they tell your kids. Thanks in part to Project Veritas and their secret, the secret curriculum expose. Part four, September 11th. Teachers encouraging political violence. This is what they're teaching your kids. You got to homeschool them. You got to get them out. Because if not this school, there are tons of schools that are having drag performances and all this other stuff. Drag shows for kids. Here we go. Idaho drag show for kids canceled after backlash. Due to the misinterpretation of marketing materials and to mitigate the harm to our LGBTQ plus community, we feel it is best not to proceed with this performance. You shouldn't have drag shows for kids. That's like, so the funny thing is, they were like, it's not a drag show of all ages. It's a drag show of adults for all ages. And it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, would you put on a go-go dancing show for all ages? No. No go-go dancers? Huh? Go-go dancers for all ages? No, you wouldn't do that. Okay. You see what they're doing? It's a manipulation. And they're targeting your kids. And we know they're targeting your kids. Take a look at this from Veritas. Ariane Franco, middle school English teacher, New York City Department of Education. This is what I told my students. I was like, guys, there are strategic ways to do this. You want to I brought up a crazy organization that has done this. Like they chose which places to throw bricks in. They chose and they didn't do it in their own neighborhood. They didn't do it in uh, to black and brown communities. Doing it to our own community does not make sense. You got to go after the people who it's not directly affecting. Throw it, the brick, at the people that are actually doing the things that need to change. I tell them, my kids, we don't stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance. We do the Pledge of Allegiance every morning, you know, but we keep going on our business. It was just a, it was a class decision at the beginning of the school year. They're not talking about me, so I'm not standing up, you know. At one point, when I first started challenging the pledge, I had, my, I had my kids change the words. It was something like, I think we added at the end, and we will fight for those who this does not address or something like that. We added it because it's like, and liberty and justice for all, and we will fight until that is true. Liberty and justice for all quite literally means liberty and justice for all. It does. These people don't think so. The students and I would kneel during the pledge. This is what they're teaching your kids. And this is what they want for your kids. In another story from September 1st, prestigious NYC private school director touts sneaking her political agenda into classrooms. I felt like a double agent. Huge contingent of white boys are just horrible. Let's read. Norris. Unfortunately, it's the white boys who feel very entitled to express their opposite opinions and just push back. Oh, how dare they rebel against me? Yeah. There's a huge contingent of them that are just horrible. And you're like, are you always going to be horrible? Or are you just going to be horrible right now? Why won't you fall in line and do as you're told? Yeah. Awful teachers. 
Veritas Journalist says, is there any saving these Republican white guys? Nora says, I don't know. I think they need to go. I think they're really awful people. That's kind of what I'm afraid of with my white students that are rich. I'm like, do you ever have to deal with this? They are so protected by capitalism. It makes me sad. Norris, we need to find some like Dexter sort of like vigilante taking people out. You know the show Dexter? Oh, yeah. Norris, we need just some vigilante Dexters like here's your community of targets. Holy. A teacher advocating for the murder of white children by a serial killer. So forgive me. When a teacher is caught on video saying something abhorrent and defending pedos, I have to wonder if, uh, yeah, that's actually what they want and what they do. I just have to wonder. I think it's important that you pay attention to these things. Look what these teachers are doing. Crazy. New York City private school. Jennifer Norris, employed by Trinity School NYC as a director of student activities, was uh, was recorded admitting how her current leadership role facilitates her goal of promoting politics in the classroom. I just keep trying to disrupt wherever I can. And now that I'm in this position, I have so many opportunities to do that. So we'll throw it back to that first story. Out of context, you say. But this guy, Daniel Call, a trustee, said he changed his opinion. At first, he thought it was out of context. Then he changed his opinion upon further investigation. Now she's fired. He deleted the post. It's very, very interesting. What does that mean? The school district was immediately informed of the incident, which occurred at the end of August. And an investigation was launched, initially leading to Parker's suspension. The school district board of trustees, led by Superintendent Diana Sayavardra, voted unanimously to fire Parker. It's interesting. Some students and parents were quick to defend the teacher, who believed the clip did not present her beliefs. Ryan Ruval Kaba, a junior at Franklin High, told Fox 17 she was expressing how it was ridiculous how we society might not be able to call people pedos that we society will probably have to start calling them maps because it can be offensive to them. The class agreed. You see, here's the challenge. That expression is a good point. If her statement really was mocking the phrase maps and the class agreed, then she's telling the kids the right thing. So let me put it this way. I don't know about this teacher. I don't believe it. I don't trust her. I don't know. But either way, the school's busted. If the teacher actually was teaching kids critical thinking, the school fired her. Get your kids out of these schools. If she was actually telling them to respect maps, as, they, as she wants to call it, pedos, then you need to get your kids out of these schools. Any way you cut it, homeschool your kids. You're going regret to regret it if you don't. One day your kid's going to come home and they're going to have a shaved head. They're going to tell you that they hate you, that you're evil, you're a colonizer. And no matter what you do, you'll be able to convince them until finally the state comes in and tells you you have no rights. Parker, a married mother of five children and two grandchildren, was identified by the Teachers Association as the woman in the recording. When the Daily Mail reached out to Parker, she claimed she was not legally allowed to comment. Norma De La Rosa, the El Paso Teachers Association president, said she is disappointed and angry at the decision to terminate Parker was approved so quickly. Former Old Dominion University professor Alan Walker, 34, who was forced to resign last year after they defended pedos by saying society should call them maps, has been hired by a Johns Hopkins center aimed at preventing child sexual abuse. Amazing. Look, simple solution. Don't know to trust. Homeschool your kids. Microschool your kids. Pods. Let's talk about pods. Pods, uh, pod learning is when a neighborhood takes all their kids, 
comes together, has a discussion about what they believe their kids should be learning, and then hires a tutor to teach those kids. It's substantially cheaper than public and private school. You have more control. It's a better way to do things. It's more cost effective, in my opinion. It's better for the environment across the board. The next step up from that is micro schools. Micro schools, like what we have out here that's being set up, it's a school that has about 60 kids. There are classrooms, but the classrooms aren't by grade. They're by your individual level. So a 12-year-old kid could have an eighth grade reading level, but a sixth grade math level. And they say, well, those are the books you're going to be doing. And once you figure it out, you advance. Some kids advance faster faster than others, and that's the way it should be. That's what they're doing. I think you should start looking into that. If you do not have micro schools in your area, you should make one. If you're religious, churches may be a good opportunity in setting, setting one up. If you're not, then you're going to need to find a venue by which you can have a micro school function. It's going to require funding. It should be cheaper than a private school tuition, but it's going to require putting money up. You'll need books. You'll need tablets, computers, whatever it is. But you got to get your kids out of these situations, man. If the conservative movement, if conservatives, if libertarians, moderates, the politically homeless, the anti-woke, if they all get their kids out of these environments, in, in two or three generations, this country will be conservative, if that's what you want. There will be a liberal component, but it'll be liberal more like me, not like the woke fringe left of lunatics. I think that's something that we want. I'd like to return to a sound liberal left that's like securing our borders is a good thing. Saving union jobs and bringing manufacturing back here is a good thing. Racism is a bad thing. Conservatives are pro-life, pro-choice, but we can compromise, right? Not with the far left, not with the woke left. The woke left claims the MAGA Republicans are an evil cult and extremists and all that, when in reality, they just have like typical traditional and classical liberal positions. It's the weirdest thing. But these people on the left, these liberals, they're, they're in a cult. When a Republican, you know, when someone like Ben Shapiro is slightly left socially than Republicans 10 years ago, it's like, we're moving. Republicans are moving. They're still pro-life. So what? The best numbers of our lives. What is it that these people want? These liberals. I think they just hate. I think it's a death cult. They sterilize their kids. They abort their kids. I think it is a death cult. They target your kids with this kind of exploitative nonsense and advocate for political violence and murder against them. Yeah, death cult. You see, along the right, not every person is a Donald Trump zealot. He has his zealots, but there's politically homeless. There's traditional liberals, disaffected liberals, libertarians. They all have different views. If you are in the cult, you have the same views as everybody else, and you don't know why. It makes no sense, and you believe every single hoax. How do we break people free from the matrix? Honestly, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Never do. And I, I end a lot of my segments saying basically that I can't predict the future, but I can point things out to you. While may, they may say that you're just doom scrolling and to ignore this, I think that's a trick. It's a trick to get you to ignore the problems that are emerging in our culture. No, we need to be vigilant. We need to pay attention and we need to say no to this kind of stuff. The only reason Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia was because parents finally got wind of what they were teaching kids. And we've heard the leaked Zoom calls where the teachers say the parents cannot find out what we are doing. It's nightmarish. So I hope you are paying attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.